il m'a beaucoup appris sur l'Afrique, que je ne connaissais pas. Bah, je connaissais comme tout le monde. C'était comme vous. Il m'a parlé de son pays. Je lui ai parlé de moi-même et de mon pays. Et j'ai constaté que ça se complétait. Et il y a beaucoup de choses de la Martinique que j'ai comprises grâce aux renseignements donnés par l'école Seigneur Saint-Gor. Hello and welcome to Bonjour de France. Yes, you might have noticed that the introduction has changed slightly and this is because I've got a special episode coming at you today. Although I will be continuing my discussion on black women in 20th century Britain for the foreseeable future of this podcast, I thought it would also be good to use this podcast to shine a light on black women in the 20th century in other parts of the world as well. During my international history degree, I learned a lot about black women in 20th century France and even wrote a whole extended essay on it. Just like black women in 20th century Britain, many black women in 20th century France fought for racial equality and liberation in Europe, Africa, the Caribbean and across the world. And so I think it's important for us all to learn more about these women, particularly because I believe that the more we recognise the similarity in our experiences in different parts of the world, the more unified we can become. With that said, apologies if I pronounce anything wrong, I'm not a native French speaker. So... Bonjour de France. Now, like Britain, France for a long time had an empire which went through many permutations over the centuries. Indeed, like Britain, France continues to have overseas territories to this day. And interestingly, France's five departements, d'outre-mer or overseas departments, are French Guiana, Guadeloupe and Martinique, all in the Circum-Caribbean, and Mayette and La Réunion, both off the coast of East Africa. French Guiana, Guadeloupe, Martinique and La Réunion all became French departments in 1946, whilst Mayotte became a French department in 2011. These departments are recognised as part of France, and per Article 72 of the Constitution of the Fifth Republic, French citizens, mainland and overseas, are equal in status. Quote, the Republic shall recognise the overseas populations within the French people in a common ideal of liberty, equality and fraternity. End quote. But many black people in France have, for a long time, debated the extent to which this common ideal of liberty, equality and fraternity covers them too. And today I'm going to speak to you about black women in the 20th century French Circum-Caribbean who fought for their right to have access to this common ideal. Before I get to these women though, some context is required. The territories which form part of the French Circum-Caribbean are Guadeloupe, French Guiana and Martinique. These Caribbean territories were some of the oldest French colonies in the French Empire and had, and continue to have, large black populations due to the legacy of the transatlantic slave trade. Slavery was formally abolished in the Circum-Caribbean by the Second French Republic in 1848, after a decree was passed by Victor Chaucher. However, despite formal abolition, the white descendants of slave owners, or Beques, that's B-E-K-E-S, Beques, continued to manage and hold land and considerable wealth in the French Circum-Caribbean, particularly in Martinique, whilst many black people worked as their labourers and lived in poverty. This continued into the 20th century, where harsh economic decline in the French Circum-Caribbean made extracting produce for exportation difficult and limited the amount of income black labourers could receive. Therefore, Martinican poet Emmanuel Flavia Leopold said that, quote, The child in Guadeloupe is a victim of a social system whose cruel injustice has never been sufficiently ventilated. End quote. In fact, famed Afro Trinidadian writer and activist George Padmore remarked during his 1930s travels that in the French Caribbean, white plantation owners made, quote, great profits by robbing the Negro workers who receive a few francs per day. End quote. Indeed, 
1935, the New York Times ran a story called Three French Warships Halt Martinique Sugar Strike, in which they said that, quote, thousands of labourers, angered by general 20% wage reductions, were marching in Fort de France when warships sped into the capital city's harbour. Order was restored quickly as marines landed and spread through the city, end quote. And by the 1940s, economic disenfranchisement had gotten worse in many of these places, with payments for exports of cash crops that relied on black labour, like sugar, being stalled. Therefore, it was unsurprising that many black people in the French Circum-Caribbean felt as though they were being neglected by France. And faced with increasing American intervention in the Caribbean, like the 1915-1934 US occupation of Haiti, some felt their French colonies in the Circum-Caribbean became an equal part of France, or, in M. Césaire's words, quote, fully French, end quote, rather than a colony, then black people would edge closer to racial equality and true liberation. In other words, for some black people in the French Circum-Caribbean, it was felt that by becoming closer to France, with its ideals of liberté, égalité and fraternité, they would have a viable escape from perennial subjecthood. They felt that de jure change could bring about de facto change. Thus, these people started advocating for Martinique, French Guiana and Guadeloupe to no longer be colonies of France, but rather to be French departments. We have to remember that this was in the 1930s and 40s that people were arguing this, not the 1960s, when people elsewhere in the Caribbean and in Africa started experiencing more nationalist decolonization. As many of you know, decolonization means different things to different people, and for some people in the 1930s and 40s French Circum Caribbean, it was felt that departmentalization was a form of decolonization. Therefore, Afro-Martinican scholar, activist and later politician Aimé Césaire argued that whilst French, quote, democracy was very sick, end quote, by allowing its Caribbean colonies to become departments, France could live up to its anti-racist ideals of liberté, égalité and fraternité. Some black women agreed with him, including Gertia Shemed, Eugénie Eboué-Tel and Paulette Nadal. Gertia Shemed was a black communist Guadeloupéan politician. Born in Guadeloupe in 1909 as the oldest of five children, Ashamed studied law in Paris before coming back to Guadeloupe to become one of the first women to pass the Guadeloupean bar. Thinking that departmentalisation would give Afro-Caribbean more input into the laws that apply to them, she hoped that departmentalisation would enable the push-through of legislation that would facilitate black people having equal access to healthcare, access to higher levels of employment rather than just work on plantations, and for black single mothers specifically to have better access to welfare. However, after Asha Med became the second ever black female representative in the French National Assembly in the 1940s, she saw that departmentalisation did not radically transform Guadeloupean society. Indeed, after departmentalisation occurred in March 1946, many Afro-Caribbean people in the French Circum-Caribbean continued to feel that their concerns were neglected by the French state, leading to Ashamed reminding her parliamentarian colleagues in 1948 that, quote, some six or seven thousand kilometres away from the metropole, there are French departments. Whilst Ashamed was the second ever black female representative in the French National Assembly, Eugénie Eboué-Tel was the first. Born into a relatively middle-class family in French Guiana in 1891, Tel spent her secondary school education in France. In 1922, she married Félix Eboué, a French colonial administrator who would later become the first black governor of Guadeloupe and the first black governor of French Equatorial Africa. Their daughter, Jeanette, later married Leopold Senghor, the first president of independent Senegal. Today, Félix Eboué's remains are interred in the French Pantheon in Paris. Faced with the prospects of departmentalisation, Tao was excited about the liberation this might mean for French Caribbean society, and when departmentalisation finally came in 1946, Tao quickly wrote in a popular African-American newspaper, the Pittsburgh Courier, to inform her friends across the Black Atlantic of the good news. At a time when most black people globally lived under white domination, Tao informed the paper's black internationalist audience that French Afro-Caribbean people had found a way to be black and treated as equals in the Western world that departmentalisation was going to wipe, quote, out the last differences that still existed between Frenchmen of various races, end quote. 
Similarly, Paulette Nadal from Martinique was also excited by the prospect of departmentalization. Born in Martinique in 1896 as the eldest of seven sisters to a relatively middle-class family, Nadal later became the first black woman to study at the Sorbonne in France at the age of 24. Whilst in Paris, Paulette and her sister Jane were influential in the Negritude movement. Negritude was a movement by West Indian and West African intellectuals in Paris, including Amos Césaire, Léon Damas and Leopold Senghor, which aimed to counteract negative colonial attitudes towards black people by promoting the power and beauty in black and African heritage. Whilst in Paris, Paulette and Jane, who herself was connected to Harlem Renaissance writers like Alain Locke, were the key individuals behind a literary salon, where intellectuals would discuss issues impacting Africa and the African diaspora. As Jane wrote in an article for a journal called La Depeche Africaine, quote, From henceforth, there would be some interest, some originality, some pride in being Negro, to turn oneself towards Africa, the cradle of the Negro, to remember a common origin, end quote. However, after spending time in both Paris and Martinique, Paulette Nadal lamented the fact that her colour always counted more than her, quote, French attributes, end quote, and longed for departmentalization as an equalising force. Like Archimed, she thought that by becoming citizens, Afro-Caribbean people would be granted more agency in constructing their own lives. However, unlike Archimed, her hopes rested on moral and not necessarily structural changes. Nadal was more conservative politically than Archimed, and thus hoped to see laws that ensured racial equality, promoted Catholic morality, and encouraged women to continue to provide for their families by developing better domestic skills. In essence, Nadal hoped that with departmentalization, there would be an elevation of life in Martinique, and that women would be able to, quote, present the true face of Martinique, end quote, and would no longer have to succumb to, quote, moral poverty, end quote, by being unable to sufficiently take care of their children and their community. Nadal spread her argument through her journal, Women in the City, that she produced alongside the feminist Martinican Women's Assembly for a predominantly female Afro-Caribbean audience. When departmentalisation was eventually promulgated, she sprang into action, reminding her Afro-Caribbean sisters to take this chance to better themselves. They should be grateful that the, quote, saviour of France, end quote, had bestowed, quote, upon them the dignified level of citizens, end quote. However, she too would be disappointed by the limited gains that departmentalisation brought for black women in the French Circum Caribbean. And in 1948, she wrote about continuing, quote, humiliating inequality, end quote, between blacks and beques. Therefore, it is perhaps unsurprising that Afro-Martinican writer Edouard Glissant once described departmentalization as the, quote, extreme edge of Afro-Caribbean alienation, end quote, as it did not bring the vast changes that many had held hopes for. And indeed, the disappointment of departmentalization caused some to move towards more nationalist politics, especially after hearing word of the atrocities the French were committing in the Algerian War for Independence. Thus, many nationalist groups sprang up, including the group d'Organisation Nationale de la Guadeloupe, or GONG, and the Guyanese Federation of Catholic Students who proclaimed that, quote, assimilation, such as it is, is a myth, end quote. Instead of assimilation politics and wanting to remain as a part of France, these groups wanted the departments to become independent. Yet, despite the growing movement for independence, some black women in the 20th century French Circum-Caribbean felt alienated from these male-dominated groups. Indeed, several black women, instead of staying in the French Circum-Caribbean, migrated to the mainland, to France, in the 1960s, via the French state agency Bureau pour le Développement des Migrations Intéressantes du Département d'Outre-mer, or Bumidon. As one woman said, quote, pro-independence people criticised it, but Bumidon saved many women who would have turned out badly if they'd stayed home, to find themselves with a fat belly waiting around on a man, end quote. But of course, migrating to France is not a panacea, and one survey conducted in the late 1960s showed that 70% of Afro-Caribbean people in France thought that racism was a serious issue. And today, many black people in France and organisations like SOS Racisme and Conseil Representatif des Associations Noires de France, or CRAN, continue to fight against racism in the metropole. Similarly, 
many black people in the French Circum Caribbean today continue to fight for better conditions in their departments. And I personally think it is striking that in 1948, Jertia Shimed said, quote, We want the government to remember that some six or seven thousand kilometers away from the metropole there are French departments, end quote. And in 2016, Guyanese politician and the first black French Minister of Justice, Christiane Toubera, said this, quote, Between French Guiana and Paris, there are 10,000 kilometers. Often the French government do not know Guyana and the people and their needs, end quote. So, did you learn anything new from this episode? Do you think there are any parallels between the lives of black women under the rule of France or Britain? Why not read more in the further resources provided below? <laughs>